Amen. Amen. It's good to be with you tonight. Is it good to be with me tonight? It's beautiful. It's awesome to see people coming out, coming together to cry out for the nation, cry for our city. It's awesome. Amen. You know, I'm desperate for revival. How about you? I'm desperate for revival. I want to see the whole region get saved in one night. I want to see the, I want to see the power break out. A real power, signs and wonders. And you know what, beloved? We're not going to get this thing by a new idea or new technique. It's through the old ancient path. It's through prayer and fasting. Beloved, it's through prayer and fasting. That's the only way we're going to get this thing. Amen? Amen? So that's why right now, today I want to share, <clears throat> I want to share, I want to talk about, I want to speak to you about intercessory prayer. Okay, and then I'm going to lead you into a passage that speaks about the key prophetic promises of God for this generation. Amen? All right, so I just want to talk to you tonight, okay? So let me ask you a question. What is intercessory prayer? Someone, come on, just give me a couple of answers. What's intercessory prayer? Amen! Woo. That's good. One more. What's intercessory prayer? I didn't hear you. That's right. Intercessory prayer means, it, what it means, it means to stand in the gap between God and man. Because there's a huge gap right now between what God desires and what the world desires. There's a huge disconnect. There's a divorce between our heart to his heart. So Ezekiel 22, th- uh, verse 30, God says, I sought for a man among them who would stand in the gap. Make a wall. To make a wall and stand in the gap. And beloved, right now God is looking for a people, a generation. That are intimate with his heart. That are intimately yoked to his heart. To stand in the gap, beloved. Amen? He's looking for a generation. Not just one man. He's looking for thousands, millions of people to stand in the gap. Between God and man, on behalf of the people, to speak to God about what's in his heart for his people. You know, that's intercession. God tells you what to tell God, you tell it back to him, and he moves. Amen? You got to be intimately connected to his heart, to his emotions, to his, what he, to his desires and the longings of his heart. Amen? So intercession, beloved, intercession is, is not about pleading with God. To get him to do this and do that for our church, for our nation. Intercession is about standing before God and talking to him about what's in his heart for his church, for his nation, for his city. Amen? So intercession is not about us getting God's attention. It's about God getting our attention. That's powerful right there because that, that, that changes everything. Sometimes we feel like we're, we're praying to an invisible God that, that you know, we can't see. And maybe if we scream and yell loud enough, maybe he'll hear us. He didn't like that, beloved. It's about God getting your attention. Because he spoke first. You didn't speak first. He spoke first, beloved. Amen? Why? Because he, he, he will not do anything outside of the involvement with his people. 
He wants to do it with us, beloved, with us. Amen? Amen? He wants to bring you into the fellowship of his heart. To come into a, a perfect agreement with his passion, with his desire, with his burnings, with the longings of his heart. To cry out the very cries of his heart, beloved. Amen? That's intercession right there. Amen? And then God will move in power when he finds an agreement on the earth with his people who are intimately connected to his heart. That's intercession right there. That's why intercession is the very spirit of Christ. It's the very heart and the nature of Christ. Because Hebrews 7.25, where it says, Jesus lives forever to make intercession. Beloved, that means God governs the universe through intercession. Are you with me? What we did here tonight, this is a center place of God's governments right here. Amen? Beloved. Oh my goodness. I get too excited right now. <laughs> Woo. Man. As a matter of fact, he created the world through intercession. Jesus, the word of God, spoke the Father's plan, and the Holy Spirit moved in power. Look, Father has deep thoughts, deep desires, and out of that desire, he, had, he made a perfect creation, a perfect plan of creation. But he has given the Son the authority as an intercessor to speak of his plan, and the Holy Spirit moved in power, and the world came to existence. Amen? Are you with me, beloved? And then later on, he acted upon the Father's plan to come down as a man to die in this, die for our sins as an intercessor. Amen? Beloved, he created the world interceding. He came as a man interceding. He went to the grave interceding. He rose again from the grave interceding. And now he's seated at the right hand of God forever lives to make intercession. Are you with me, beloved? prophetic call, the prophetic, the prophetic call for this hour is called to prayer. It's called prayer. Fasting. Going deep in the scriptures. Beloved, you're not going to get revival through any other way. I tell you by the word of God, it doesn't matter how many programs you got in your church, beloved, if you're not praying and fasting, tearing for God's promise, travailing and prevailing through prayer and fasting, beloved, do you receive a prophetic word? Do you sit, just sit on it and dance around the whole time? What do you, you receive a prophetic word, beloved. Many prophets have spoken over this nation. Amen. Praise God for that. So what are you going to, what are you going to do with that now? What do you, we pray it. We, prophetic, prophetic word, it, it invites us to laying hold of God's promises. Amen. And it happens through prayer. Fasting. Going deep in the scriptures, beloved. Amen? Man. Genesis 1. Genesis 1. This is, you don't turn to I, I just, I, just turn later when I ask you, please. Thank you. God created the heavens and the earth, right? <laughs> But the earth was hovering. I mean, I'm sorry. God created the heavens and the earth, but the earth was without form. But the Holy Spirit was hovering over, over the earth, right? 
And God said, let there be light. Right? And this is Jesus speaking because Jesus is the word of God. Amen? He's the word of God. According to John 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And he was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through him. Which means Father's creation came into existence by the Son speaking the Father's plan as an intercessor. Amen? Amen? And then as I share, as I share, he came to earth as a man to die on the cross for us as an intercessor. That's why Isaiah 53 verse 12, he bore sins of many and he made intercession for the transgressors. <laughs> I cannot get off that phrase right there. He loved it. He made intercession for the transgressors. Meaning, he went to the grave and he yoked hands with us when we were in slavery and bondage, he yoked with us and he broke the power of death of slavery and bondage and he rose from the grave and he, now he's sitting at the right hand of God. And beloved, he didn't come alone, but he brought many of us with him. Was that too fast for you? <laughs> I gotta get rid of this. Is that too fast for you, beloved? He, listen, he, when we're, he went to the grave and he broke the power of death and of slavery. And he rose up from the grave uh, as a firstborn among many brothers. And he brought us up with him, seated in heavenly places, far above demonic principalities, far above every power and might, far above every dominion. Amen? Because we're seated with him in the heavenly places right now, beloved. Look at this, Ephesians 2.6. He says, he raised us up together with him and made us sit together in heavenly places. Colossians 3, if you have been raised with Christ, he says, get up there. That's what he says right there. Beloved, we got we to gotta, we gotta, we gotta unlearn everything we know about redemption. So we can touch it again. So we can, we can begin to live like people who have been redeemed. Amen? Who's with me tonight? Who's with me tonight? Right, y'all right here. You ain't with me? <laughs> Ooh, man. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Wow. I'm telling you. We gotta, we, gotta, we gotta live like a people who have been redeemed by conforming into the image of the great intercessor himself. Beloved, he who made intercession for the transgressors and he forever lives to make intercession. Therefore, it's only right for him to usher us into his life. Amen? Beloved, you want to conform to the image of Christ? It's called call to prayer. It's called to prayer, beloved. Amen? He's an intercessor. Because check this out. Every time you pray God's word, right? Every time you pray, the, pray God's word right back to God, the Holy Spirit moves in power. Look, every time you pray the very words that came from the Father's heart by the Son, when you pray that word, the Holy Spirit moves in power, and he writes it not on the tablets of stone. He writes it in deep in your soul. He marks your spirit. Amen? Beloved, it's not, it's not just about studying the word of God. I love academic approaches to the word. It's, 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 it's awesome. But with that understanding, you got to begin to pray the scriptures back to the Father and the Holy Spirit. He moves in power and he marks your spirit. 
And, and you begin to embody the word, beloved. It's like it's about embodying the word. Amen? It's not about embodying it up here. It's about embodying the word, your, your whole, your realm, all, all your spirit, soul, body, everything. Embody it. Embody it. Amen? And then it begins to produce the, the life of God inside of you, and you become, you, and you become transformed. You conform into the image of, of the great intercessor himself. He's an intercessor, beloved. Amen? Intercession is, 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 is everyone's calling. There's no such thing as I'm just called to preach and you're called to inter- intercede for me. Okay? Your calling is an intercessor. My calling is preaching. So you just intercede for me and I'll preach. Beloved, there's no preaching without prayer. <laughs> Amen? The power of God, the power on your preaching doesn't, doesn't break out by studying the word all day, beloved. It breaks out through prayer and fasting, praying the scriptures back to God. Amen? Call to prayer. Call to prayer, beloved. Call to prayer. Going deep in the scriptures. Because without the word of God living in you, beloved, there's no intercession. Why? Because again, Genesis 1, Jesus, the word of God who spoke the Father's plan and said, let there be light. And the Spirit moved in power and everything came into existence, right? Everything came into existence by the Holy Spirit moving in power through the word that was spoken from the Father's heart through Jesus. Okay? So whenever... The word of God is spoken or prayed back to the Father. The Holy Spirit moves in power. That is the principle of faith right there. Amen? That's the principle of faith right there. Okay? Because Jesus only spoke what's in the Father's heart ever since the creation. And he will only speak from the Father's heart. He only speaks from the Father's heart. Even as he's interceding for us right now, he's praying the scriptures to the Father, beloved. You know this? But without the word of God in, living in, in the inside of you, there's no intercession. <laughs> oh my goodness. Ooh, man. I love it. Amen. Therefore, we gotta be we gotta be conformed. We, gotta, we have to be consuming the word of God. Amen? We have to be, we have to be saturated in the word of God. Amen? Why? John 15, 7, Jesus said, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you get whatever you want. But the issue is, is the word abiding in you? That's the issue right here. If you abide in me, and my words abiding you, whatever you ask, you get it. Because when his word abides in you, beloved, when you pray, you pray only from his desires. Amen? You only pray from the scriptures, the desires of God. Amen? Because for him to release his grace and power, 
We must come into his covenantal promises. Covenantal promises, the word of God. But we cannot, but we can only come into his covenantal promises through an intimate relationship with him. Okay? So whatever you ask will be flowing out of his desires, his passion, his longings, his burnings. So he will not do anything outside of the, of the relationship with you because he wants to do it with us. He wants to build his kingdom with us. Amen? Because he's not just our God. Listen to me. He's not just our God. He's our, he's our father. Jesus is not just a king. He's our bridegroom. Amen? He is in lovesick for you, Jesus. He's in lovesick for you. Bridegroom. The revelation of the bridegroom is this. He burns with desire for human beings. And he's lovesick over you. That's the revelation of the bridegroom right there. Amen? I love what John Michael said. Lovesick. Where's John Michael? I love it, man. Where'd you get that? I love it. Beauty of the Lord. We're going to talk about that right now. I love it. I love it. Beloved, we get lovesick for Jesus when we begin to gaze into the beauty of God. Okay, check this out, all right? Look. That's the glory of intercession. He wants to do it with us. He wants to do it through us and do it for us. That's, that's the glory of intercession, okay? Now, that's how, he governs, that's how he governs everything, through a praying church. He governs everything through a praying church. Listen to me. Through a praying church who are functioning in the prophetic. Intercession and prophetic, they go together. Did you know this? Because when you're praying, you're actually prophesying the word of God. Until that word of God becomes reality in your life. You're pulling it through prayer and fasting. Come on. You're pulling it through prayer. That's, beloved, intercession and prophetic got to go together. Amen? Amen? You know, prophetic is not a culture in the church. It's, it's reality. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not into prophecies. I'm not into praying in tongues. Beloved, that's a, it's a reality of the body of Christ. The spirit of prophecy is the very testimony of Jesus Christ. Amen? Beloved, prophetic is not fortune telling. Prophetic is about knowing what God is feeling, what God is thinking, and the plans of his heart. It's about feeling what God is feeling and, and revealing it through, through, proclaiming it through prayer. Has to go together. Go to First Timothy one eighteen, please. Oh. First Timothy one eighteen, please. Paul says. I just want to share this scripture real quick and I'll move on, all right? Paul says, according to the prophecy that was spoken over your life, that by them you may wage good warfare. Amen? So, so again, when you how many of you receive a prophetic word in your life? Raise your hand. Many of you. Even this, this nation received. So what do you do with that? We, rage, we wage warfare with that word. With the word. 
This is what God has spoken over my life. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tarry. I'm going to travail and prevail in prayer and fasting. And through, through good deeds until this word becomes a reality in my life. Amen? That's what Paul is saying to Timothy right here. Okay? Again, pro- prophecy, it invites you to laying hold of God. It's an invitation, beloved. It's not for you to sit there and wait for it and trust in this false sovereignty of God. Or God is sovereign and His timing, He'll do it. Beloved, He wants to do it with you. Are you with me? We gotta get off this false sovereignty of God. Seriously, it makes us lazy. It makes us prayerless, studyless, fastless, fastless. He spoke his word over your life. He said, Come on. Come seek me. Pursue after me. The Bible says, You draw near to God, He'll draw near to you. Passionate pursuit of intimacy. Amen? Now, let me show you one of the key prophetic promises of God for our generation that is going to usher in the greatest revival ever in history. And it will prepare for the second coming of Jesus. Amen? Turn with me to the book of Amos. Is it Amos or Amos? I don't know how to pronounce that. Amos 9-11. Now, when we read the scriptures, you have to read it prophetically. Especially in this generation, because everything that the prophets spoke about in the Old Testament, beloved, we're moving into that day right now. This is an exciting time for you to be, to be, to, for you to be alive right now. Everything that the Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel spoke about, beloved, we are moving into that day right now. Because this is the generation of the Lord's return. I'll say it again. I'm not going to go into any reasons why I believe that. I, that's, a whole other, that's a whole other message. But I believe with all of my heart, we're living in the generation of the Lord's return, beloved. When you become anti-minded, when you become anti-minded, beloved, listen to me. When you become anti-minded, I'm telling you right now, you will be wholehearted lover of Jesus. Beloved, I look forward to the, the thousand and millennium kingdom. I look forward to what am I going to do with Jesus in, in that thousand year reign. I don't care what I do in this age. What am I going to do with, beloved, I, I want to be great in God. Not only in this age, but in the age to come. Beloved, you, you, are you with me? It's like Benny Hinn could be, it's like Benny Hinn could be a, 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 a teaching, a small group of Bible study in the Millennium Kingdom, because we're going to be teaching Bible in the Millennium Kingdom. And then this little grandmother who never, who never spoke on the pulpit, he could be teaching thousands of people in the, in the, in the Bible in, in, in the Millennium Kingdom. You know what I'm saying? It's like what you do in this lifetime counts in the, in the age to come. And that's what I look forward to. Staying pure before God. Living a consecrated, holy lifestyle. 
totally abandoned for Jesus, like John the Baptist. Amen? So, look at this. Book of Amos, 9-11. Are you guys there? The Lord says, on that day, I will raise up the tabernacle of David, which was fallen. Beloved, he didn't say the tabernacle of Moses. He didn't say the tabernacle of Nehemiah, which I love those guys. They're awesome. But he said the tabernacle of David. You know why God says the tabernacle of David? Beloved, God has sweet memories about that, about that 36 years with David raised up. 4,000 prophetic singers and musicians. And he raised up 288 prophetic singers to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire God in his temple. Beloved, that verse, Psalms 27, Psalms 27, it came out from the tabernacle of David. This when David was well established as a king. He raised up people just like David who were intimately loved with Jesus and to gaze upon his beauty. His attributes, his character, his personality, his emotions, his ways. Gazing into the beauty of God. And from that place they worship. And from that place they interceded for the nation. For, that's why for 36 years they never lost a battle. There was an ongoing 24-7 worship movement, beloved. Not just going through the emotions, but they were really actually gazing. Into the beauty of God, the beauty of his heart, what he's feeling, his passion, his desire, his longings. Beloved, David was a man of the gospel heart, amen? Because David was gazing in the beauty of his heart. It's the interior beauty of God. What you see in Revelation chapter 4, the throne room action, God shines like jasper. He burns like sardius. Emerald rainbow surrounding the throne. You got seraphims going, holy, holy. It's called the beauty realm. It's, it's a beautiful place, a throne room, a sea of glass. But beloved, that external beauty of God, it comes out, it flows out from his internal beauty. Are you with me? So David said, I gaze into your beauty. His heart, his emotions, his, the movements of his heart. And he raised up 4,000 prophets just like David. And David was a man of the scriptures, beloved. You cannot gaze into the beauty of God without the scriptures. You cannot bypass everything in your Christian life without the scriptures. You understand? Beloved, we pray from the scriptures. We preach from the scriptures. We live by the scriptures. Amen? Amen? David says... In all the days of my life. Meaning when David was just a little shepherd boy in the, in the backside of, of the Beth, hills in the Bethlehem. Okay? From that time until he became a Saul's armor barrier, until he became a king of, king of, king of the, the nation. In the midst of all that, all that promotion, all that going, moving up in the world. <laughs> you guys like that, right? Moving up in the world. <laughs> In the midst of all that promotion, beloved, his heart didn't budge because he was focused on one thing. One thing, beloved. One thing is to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. 
If you study the first Samuel, second Samuel, first Chronicle, second Chronicle, book of Psalms, you will understand the heart of David. But you got to put on a new lens, though. Through the spirit of revelation. You got to read it through the spirit of revelation. With the I love you, Jesus spirit. Amen. So, what did David do when he, when he, when he, was, when he became a well established as a, established as a king? What did he do? He spent most of his finances, he spent most of his time raising up 4,288 prophetic singers. That's what he did. They were just like David, chip off the old block. Protocol. Or is it, it protege? Why do you say that word? Of David. Gazing in the beauty of the, the very bride of Christ, beloved. The very bride of Christ. Passionately, wholehearted, abandoned for Jesus. God's going to replace the first commandment to first in the church in this generation. Love the Lord with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength. Right now, that is not in the first. God's going to place it in the, first, in the first place. Because Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. what did he say? He said, you will love me. You shall love me with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. It wasn't a commandment. It was a prophecy. You will love me. When I return, I'm going to have myself a purified, cherished bride who's passionately in love with me. Amen? So, David, to gaze upon the beauty of God, David spent most of his time worshiping. Through music, through singing, through instruments, meditating on the scriptures, he, he spent most of his time worshiping. So when he, when he became a well-established well as a king, he raised up people just like him, right? Okay? To worship God in spirit and truth. David's tabernacle is, is a place where God, they really worship the Lord through spirit and truth. What, is that, what does that mean, to worship God in spirit and truth? That, that, that word, that phrase, such a deep meaning, I don't even know what it is, but I just, I'll tell you this much, though. It means to worship God in the truth of who he is through the spirit of revelation. Beloved, when we sing this song, this is the knowledge of God. Amen. When you sing songs like, you are, you are worthy, your mercy endures forever, you're beautiful, what does that mean? You got to know what that means. You got to know what you're singing. Amen? Because if you don't know what you're singing, you'll be worshiping in the outer court all your life. God wants you to come into the Holy of Holies. Beloved, we're called the royal priesthood, chosen generation. Every one of you has, has a priestly ministry over here. It's to stand before God and tell God how beautiful, how lovely he is. Beloved, your first calling is not for you to go evangelize and to go to mission field. Your first calling is to minister to the Lord. Before you, before you minister to people, you got to learn how to minister to God. Love the Lord with all thy mind, soul, and strength, and then love others. Are you with me, beloved? This is a bridal revelation right here. God is raising up a bridal generation. Purified bride. He's coming back, beloved. He's coming back in your time. I believe that some of you in this room are going to see the coming of the, coming of the Lord. Amen? So, book of Amos 9, 11, 12. On that day, on what day? In the generation of the Lord's return, which is our generation. He will raise up the tabernacle of David, which was fallen, 
and he's doing it all over the earth right now. Today was spirit of spirit time like of David right now, right here today, man. Man, today praise was awesome. I'm not trying to give anybody credit, but it was awesome, amen. Man, I felt the spirit of God moving while sitting back there. Oh my goodness. God is raising up the spirit of tabernacle of David all over the nation right now. The prayer movement, the worship movement is going to a whole other level. He's doing it right now. Beloved, you don't get spirit of tabernacle of David in, in a 15-minute hurry worship sessions. Let's sing one song, two songs, three songs. Okay, we can sing it down. Okay, let's sing. Okay, to do, do the Lord's prayer. Come on, preach. No, you know, beloved, there's no time frame when it comes to worshiping the Lord. Beloved, you got to cut against the grain cut against the grain of, of, of the system of this world. Beloved, Sundays, you can give the Lord three or four hours in worship. Amen? You can't give God three or four hours in worship? One hour worship, 20 minutes intercession, one hour preaching, another hour worship intercession. You can do that, right? You have to. You have to, really. Beloved, Joel, Joel 2.12, it says, Who can stand in the great terrible day of the Lord? I'll tell you by the word of God, only, only thing that's going to stand in the end time is a praying church. It's a praying church, beloved. Amen? Because if, you, if, because if you're not a praying church, you'll be swayed by the Antichrist campaign in the Holy Church. You see... It, 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 really, it really bothers me to talk about end times and not go into it. It really bothers me right now. Maybe I'll, sh- I'll do an end time series next time I come back here. So, God goes, he says, and I will repair the damage and I will raise it up again. It's ruined and build it as in the days of old. As in the, he's, I'm going to build the tabernacle of David like how I was when my, when my boy David run the, run the show. That's what he's saying. As the days of old. Gazing into the beauty of the Lord. Worshiping, flowing out from gazing, intimately experience God's beautiful attributes, character, personality, emotions, desire, passion, everything is about him. Intimately experiencing it. And worship and intercession flows out of that reality. Amen. And God moves in power. It's called spirit. It's called worship in spirit and truth. John 4.23. Father is seeking for such worshipers. Why? Let me tell you why. Because verse 12, Amos 9, verse 12, he goes on to say, so that, the, so that they may possess the remnant of Edom, which was talking about the rest of the mankind to seek the Lord. Because go to Acts 15, please. Acts, I want to just hurry up and get over this so I can get, get back into prayer. You got to do some praying today. Whoo, man. You ready for some prayer time? Wow. I live to pray. I'm a burning lamp. For real. I'm the bright, shining lamp. That's who I am. Isaiah 62. Acts 15, verse 16, 17. Go there. Please. James quotes the same scripture. Look what it says. I will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which was fallen down. 
I will build this ruin, and I will set it up again, so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who does all things. Beloved, John Michael shared that there are people coming to Christ, Muslims coming to Christ through the supernatural visions and dreams. Beloved, there was no, there's no missionaries out there. Beloved, when you pray right here for, 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 for Iraq, God moves over there. Are you with me? Don't eat a hamburger for a couple of days. God, see God break in, break in and, 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 and show his power. God takes the 40 things in the world to confine the wise. Some people think that prayer and fasting is foolish because when they're actually sitting there praying to an invisible God, they ask themselves, what am I doing here? When I could be going, when I could be out there preparing my message or doing this, doing that. Beloved. <laughs> Man, I'm going to kick back because I don't want to say something stupid here. I'm going to kick back, all right? I'm going to kick back, okay? Okay. But let me just say this, beloved. Right now, the church is praying this much and they're ministering to administration this much. But we, we've, done it, we've done it that way for so long. Why don't we do it backwards now? And people want to come to me and say, Pastor Paul, if you, if you pray all day, what about loving others? I'm talking to a man who died for the world, and you're telling me what about loving others? If I'm talking to a man who died for the world, trust me, I'm going to love people. Beloved, it's about encountering Jesus before you do anything good for God. I'm talking about sowing your life to the ground for many years to produce much grain in the years to come. Now there's we'll just one fast, instant, everything, instant, instant food, instant, instant, that, instant, fast, 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 fast. Beloved, it doesn't work that way with God. This verse we just read, Acts 15, 16, is talking about the greatest revival ever in, generation, in the generation of Lord's return through the worship and prayer movement, through the worship and prayer movement in the spirit of Tabernacle of David. We're not going to get revival again. We're not going to get revival through some new sway and some new programs and some new techniques. You may draw a lot of people into your church. Yeah, that's true. But that's it. Social gathering place. Where's Jesus? When the leaders begin to get struck to the core and come into a revelation that you can do nothing good for Jesus until you die with Jesus and begin to raise up in him. I'm telling you right now, without prayer and fasting, church is not going to survive in this hour. I don't care how many of you go out there to evangelize, how many missions you've gone to, beloved, if you're, not, if you're not praying and fasting, encountering the emotions of God, you're not going to stand in this hour. Because we're living in a time the Antichrist spirit is mounting up his head right now. Call to prayer. Call to prayer. I don't care how many ministries you got. It doesn't matter how, how, much, how, much people, how, how many people you, you preach in front of. Beloved, call to prayer. Beloved, I live before the audience of one. It's called love sickness for Jesus. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I keep not looking at you guys. <laughs> put, put some light over there. 
Yeah, that's terrible. Just crack jokes here. <clears throat> so, right? Missions, evangelism is fueled by prayer. Okay? So right now, in, in the generation of the Lord's return, God is restoring the tabernacle of David, where many are coming together to worship the Lord in spirit and truth. Okay? And as they come together, as, as many are coming together to worship God in spirit and truth, the revival breaks out through prayer, right? Okay? Joel 2.28, beloved, that scripture is end-time scripture. It didn't happen yet, okay? It's going to happen in the last three and a half years. That's when, that's when that scripture comes to a full effect. But we see it already beginning to happen right now. But as the prayer movement and the worship movement reaches the highest peak, beloved, Revelation chapter 5, look what it says, verse 8. Chapter 5, verse 8, we see 24 elders having a harp and a golden bowl and full of incense, which are the praise of the saints. Beloved, I'm telling you right now, when the worship movement and the prayer movement go to a whole other level, that bowl is filled to the brim. That, that bowl is not full yet. I mean, filled yet. But it's getting, it's getting there. It's, it's filling to the brim. Because when that, look, harp and bowl, beloved, harp and bowl, it's talking about the prayer and worship happening simultaneously. God's given us music. I spoke, I, sp- I spoke about this last time. God's been giving us music. Isaiah 56, God says, prayer will be joyful in my house in the, at the end of the age. It will, it will no longer be a labor, but it will be joyful. So what does God do? He gives us music to throw, throw it into the mix. Harp and bow. You're going to see some of that right now. Right, John? Hold your, hold your hose, John. Just, just keep that. Amen? Now, when that bowl gets full to the brim, guess what? Revelation chapter 5, Jesus takes a scroll into his hands, and he breaks every seal. Seal number 1, seal number 2, seal number 3, seal number 4, seal number 5, 6, first trumpet, second trumpet, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, on the seventh trumpet, we see a man coming from the clouds of heaven with a shout. Beloved, every seal that he breaks open is the end time judgment of God through the praying church. We're not going to be taken out of the tribulation. We're going to go through the tribulation because we are the one causing this tribulation on the Antichrist army. Amen? The judgment of God does three things, beloved. Listen, it does three things. It purifies the church, brings in the harvest, destroys the wicked. Beloved, that's the genius of God. Hebrews 12, God says, God says, I will shake everything that can be shaken. Amen? God is going to shake. God is going to throw the earth off its center because the earth has put their false security in the system of the world and God's going to kick everything out the props. He said, you got no excuse now. There's nothing between you and me now. What's up? Beloved, before, you want to see a revival? You want to see a revival? Beloved, he's going to shake you first. Look what happened in Haiti. God shook that nation to the core. To the core. Amen? 
Many died. But now, the president of Haiti stands up and he says, let's repent through fasting and prayer. Revival broke out. Beloved, God, beloved, 10,000 died to save millions. Do you understand that? Well, what about the 10,000 who died? Hey, understand the heart of God. Understand the heart of God. What he's thinking, what he's feeling. Why does he do what he does? Beloved, to do that, you've got to come into the bridal paradigm. No longer in the sonship, in the servanthood. You, you're forever servant, forever son. But beloved, the pinnacle of our faith is called the bride of Christ. To be intimately connected with his heart as his wife him as her husband. Amen? Being a, being a bride of Christ is not about a gender, as I shared last time. Amen? It's a position of privilege in the kingdom of God to feel God's burning, tender, jealous love towards us to the core. It's about gazing into the beauty of the Lord. Joel 2.11, who can stand in the great terrible day of the Lord? And as I said, it's the praying church that are going to stand in that hour. And in that same hour, through our prayer, God is going to release the greatest revival ever. Ever. In history, through the greatest final outpouring of the Holy Spirit with signs and wonders. Go to Joel 2.28. Let me show you something. Go to Joel 2.28, please. It shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit in all flesh. The sons and daughters shall prophesy. Let me ask you a question. What do you think they're going to prophesy about? Huh? He's going to prophesy about you're going to have a coats and boats and ties next year? What is he going to prophesy about? You got good things coming to you next year? What do you think the sons and daughters are going to prophesy about in the end times? Jesus is coming. Amen? Jesus is coming, beloved. Before he comes, he's going to shake all your life right now. Shake all of you to the core, beloved, because he loves you. He loves you. He's shaking. It's all about love. He's a God of love. This God of love is going to fiercely, jealously pursue love to establish perfect love on this earth. And if anyone gets in his way, he's going to wipe them out. He's going to destroy everyone that hates love because he's God of love. Amen? Look at this. Verse 30. Verse 30. This end time passage. Verse 30. I will show you wonder in the heavens and the earth where there will be blood and fire and pillars of smoke. Sun shall be turned into darkness, moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Beloved, in the midst of this great judgment, the harvest comes in. Amen? Because he kicks out all the props, all the systems of life that, 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 you, that you trust in. He's going to wipe it all away and say, I'm the only one you can trust now. What are you going to do? But the prideful ones will say, I'll never trust you. They're going to go to hell with that mentality. God said, I died on the cross for you. I became a man, and I died on the cross for you, and you're going to reject my love? 
Why do you want to do that? I will never violate your free will. So why do you want to do that? So, great shaking comes through a great revival. Great revival comes through great shaking. You know, let me give you a prophetic word for this nation. That little accident with the Korean Navy ship, how do you guys view that right there? I know most of you are not Korean. You guys, how, many, how many Koreans here? I'm, I'm Korean. Yeah, all right, cool. Listen to me. <laughs> if you ask me, God shook Korea with that little accident right there. It's not little. He shook Korea. And then he's going to see how the churches respond to this. And if they don't respond right, greatest shaking is coming. This is a prophetic word of the hour. I'm prophesying to you right now. If the Korean churches are sleeping to this, to this, to this shaking, beloved, beloved, greatest shaking is coming. Last week, 400 died in China of a great earthquake. Matthew 24, in your face. End times, baby. End times is coming. Amen? Who's ready for that? Oh, y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready. Look at this. When people gather... Great outpouring of the Holy Spirit come, comes, right? Many are saved. And they come into the tabernacle of David, right? As they're crying out to God, singing and praying. Revelation twenty two seventeen, the spirit and the bride say, come, Lord Jesus. And that's when he comes. That's when he comes. Last, last uh, passage, go to Isaiah 42. Go to Isaiah 42, verse 10. Beloved, right now, it's not about time to, to, to you know, it's not about your, your, your own agendas anymore. It's not, about your, it's not about your church anymore. Okay? It's not about your Bible studies anymore. It's, it's about what God is doing globally. Beloved, you got to tap into what God is doing globally. Amen? You got you to tap, you got to get with the program. Amen? Isaiah 42, verse 10. Through verse 13, look what it says. Now, this is an end time passage. Guys, put on a new lens and read it with me, okay? Check this out. Sing to the Lord a new song. Beloved, before Christ comes back, he's going to give a new love song to his bride all over the nation who are gathered to worship him in spirit and truth. Because he says, praise from the ends of the earth, those that live by the sea, all that's in it, those that live in the coastland, you, you have it, you, you inhabit of them, those that live in the wilderness, those, those that live in the cities, lift up their voice, live in the wilderness, live in the village, live by the sea, coastline, all these things, right? So it doesn't matter where you live, God's going to give this new love song to the ends of the earth. Right before he comes, I don't know, a year before, six, I don't know. Maybe even now, I don't know. He might, he'll give this new love song to the, to the lovesick bride of Christ. Who are gathered in the spirit of tabernacle of David. He's going to give this new love song. And as they're singing to the Lord. Beloved, look what it says. Verse 13. In response to this love, to this love song. In response to this love song. He's going to come back like a mighty man of war. Beloved, he's a man of war. Beloved, amen. Woo! He's a man of war. 
He's a man of war, beloved. Amen? Look what it says. Verse 13. The Lord shall go forth like a mighty man of war, because he shall stir up his zeal like a mighty man of war. He shall cry out, shout aloud. He shall prevail against his enemy. 1 Thessalonians 4.16 says, When Christ comes, he will descend from heaven with a shout. This is the end time passage, beloved. He's coming like a mighty man of war to prevail against him. Can you imagine God stirring up his own zeal? Can you imagine that? Are you pregnant? Oh, did you days on jumping? Okay, thank you. I'm cool. All right. Can you imagine? I've kind of keep it down. You should have told me. Can you imagine God stirring up his own zeal? Can you imagine that? Do you guys, I stir up my zeal for the Lord. I, I stir up my zeal for God. Right now, when we're praying and, and we're crying out, we are stirring up our zeal for the Lord. Amen? And in response to that, God stirs up his own zeal. Like a mighty man of war. So that when he comes back, he, so that he will come back with a shout, and prevail against his enemy. Which means he's going to wipe out the Antichrist army. He's going to dash the nations. His garment is going to be pitch, pitch red. Because their blood has sprinkled on his garment. Beloved, I'm telling you right now. We got to look at the whole. We got we to read the book of Revelation Isaiah in a whole different perspective. It's called through the spirit of revelation, beloved. When you come into a bridal paradigm. Beloved, listen to me. When you come into the revelation of the bridegroom God. You will understand his judgment. And his kingship. But if you don't understand him as a bridegroom God. Who burns with desire for human being. You will not understand his judgment and his kingship. Because you will be offended by his judgment. Jesus kills everybody. His blood is sprinkled on his, on his robe. What is your samurai? Beloved. He is a greater David. You know David was a, was a warrior king. Amen. He killed so many people zeal for the Lord. He goes to a battlefield. He kills everybody. He comes, he comes back home. He falls prostrate in, in the tabernacle of David. And he falls down. His heart is tenderized. Oh, Lord, I love you. You're beautiful. You guys are looking at Jesus in a whole other way, beloved. I'm telling you right now. Revelation chapter 1. White hair like a wool. Eyes blazing with fire. Burnished bronze in his shoes. Come on. What else is there? Come on. Because I forgot. <laughs> no, I didn't forget. I didn't forget. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't forget. Amen. You read Isaiah 63 and Revelation 19, and you'll see how Jesus is going to kill the Antichrist army. He's going to gather everybody around Jerusalem. He's going he's to, from Jordan to Jerusalem, he's going to march in a white horse. He's going to be slaying everybody, killing everybody for his bride. Beloved, he's a man of war because he's a God of love. Amen? He fights for love, beloved. He's God of love. He's our hero. He's my husband. Beloved, he's my husband. He's my bridegroom. Amen? Amen? Check this out. John, can you please come up? Praise team, please. Thank you. 
The point I'm trying to make over here is this, is that God is going to release the greatest revival ever in history through the final outpouring of the Holy Spirit ever in history in the end times. But we got to start praying for this right now. You know why? You know why? Because as we pray, as we pray for that, as we, as we set our gaze higher and pray for Joel 228, it ain't going to happen at it ain't going to happen until the end time. But as we pray for that now, set our gaze higher. Beloved, revival will break out in your, in your life. Are you with me? We got to get a higher vision. Amen? Get a higher vision. I'm talking about revival in your church, beloved. I'm talking about revival in your city, in this nation. Oh, I'm being by church into a thousand members. Oh, I'm not talking about that, beloved. That's good. Praise God for that. Beloved. I'm talking about God sending his spirit upon a region, upon a city, upon a nation. We're going to cry out for that right now. Amen? Amen? Why don't we all stand right now?